6: America, Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a spectacular day. Hope you had a great weekend. Your boy got a couple days off. Got a chance to see Middle America a little bit. Now we're back, and um, you know it, it's always interesting to me on uh, on how narratives change about people, right? And uh, no narrative could have changed more in the past. I don't know. I mean you you pick the you pick the 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 amount of time, but I mean what's happened with Chris Paul has been amazing. Amazing. Now some of it is if we're honest circumstance, some of it is location and the franchise and the expectations. But it really amazing to see the world or at least the sports world on some level wrap their arms around Chris Paul and champion something that he's done for a long time. Is your dad's razor older than you are? Get him something for father's day. A DSC six blade razor is perfect for an extra close, precise shave. Get one now at a store near you as part of a gift set at dollar shave club.com slash Doug. That's dollar shave club.com slash Doug. Um, I have a belief as to why people are now in On Chris Paul whereas so many were out on Chris Paul for a long time you want to hear it well you're listening to the show so you probably he is a point god right and by god I do mean god he he's playing a position and in many ways a style of playing a position that is no longer necessarily played right there's a bit of a throwback to a previous generation to a previous era. Keep in mind that Chris Paul has never taken a pay cut. Chris Paul, as the president of the Players Association, has uh, has has benefited greatly from the business of basketball. And that Chris Paul has had many of missteps in his own career. Now, look, as a guy who played the position and couldn't make the NBA I can only tell you that how I wanted to play in many ways is how he plays, right? So I think the world of him, but even people I think the world of, I can point out their flaws and their performance shortcomings and whatever. Some of it has been injuries. Some of it has been how the game has evolved. Some of this has been that he hasn't been with the best of franchises and he almost was only to have the commissioner take back a trade. Like there is so much there with Chris Paul. Remember he was in new Orleans playing by the way for the same coach he plays for now. They get moved to Oklahoma city during Katrina after Katrina. Um, Then he goes to the Clippers and they have a, they had a super team. There's no other way to express what they had at the time was believed to be a super team where they could never get out of the second round. And some of it was, the injuries and he also wore on people because he's a demanding leader of a ball club. He went to Houston where he had a similar types of demands and it was never the perfect fit. And though they got close, he once again got hurt and then his team came up short. And then because he couldn't get along with the co-star of the show, he was then jettisoned to Oklahoma city where everyone thought he wouldn't make it through the year. He'd be traded. He did. He did. Ultimately ends up playing for the Suns, who is a forgotten franchise that, you know, 15 years ago was great and couldn't get past the Western Conference Finals. And now here they are on the brink, you know, on the brink of competing for a championship. Chris Paul in the sweep of the Nuggets, 25 and a half points a game, 10 and a half assists a game, 62% shooting, 58% from three. 51 41 assists five turnovers and at 36 he's the oldest player in NBA history to average 25 and 10 in a postseason series if we're fair Chris Paul sometimes can be a tough guy to get along with if we're fair mid-range pull-ups going right are not exactly the rage these days for point guards if we're fair Chris Paul has had a tendency to get hurt at inopportune times if we're fair the Lakers had them dead to rights before Anthony Davis got hurt. If we're fair, all this talk about Chris Paul and MVP, I don't know how accurate it really is, even though I think he's helped turn around that franchise. He wasn't as good as he's been playing recently in the regular season. If we're fair, he's playing against backups. Right? So, like, yeah, he was great. What would that series look like if Jamal Murray was on the other side? A little different. This is Mike Malone on Chris Paul.
5: Obviously, a lot of respect for Monty, his staff, guys like Willie Green, who I coached, Randy Ayers, Mark
3: Bryant. Uh, they do a terrific job. And uh, you have to give them a lot of credit. They're a very well-coached team, and they have a lot of talent. Uh, Chris Paul could arguably be the
6: greatest point guard of all time. He's he's great. He plays the position the way the position was supposed to be played. Right? Right. Now, I understand that there are other guys that play it differently, that there's the, the Trey Young style, there's the James Harden style, there's the, you know, you, you pick the guy. And we could go into a longer argument about who the best point guards of all time. I think one of the reasons that people like him is because it's just the way it used to be played. Whereas now it's so much about how much the guy with the ball scores. He did score, and he was unbelievable, especially in those mid-range pull-ups. But it's in a way in which we're used to point guard scoring, right? We're not used to them launching 15 threes. We're not used to them dunking on people. We're used to them making people better, and if the defense determines it, then they find a way to score. He's in that lineage of Stockton. He's in that lineage of uh, you know, not this, you not know, Isaiah Thomas. That's who he is. So I, I think that because we think, well, that's how it's supposed to be played or always has been played, that we, we like that. Also, the fact that Phoenix has stunk for the last decade, we, we like that. He's not the only addition they've made, and we forget that they were the hottest team in the bubble last year, but he is a notable addition. They have been searching for a point guard. You know, Rubio made them better, and now Chris Paul makes them something else. They've also accumulated a ton of talent over the past decade of mediocrity, right? Like DeAndre Ayton was picked where he was picked because of his talent. Devin Booker, he was the youngest guy in the draft. I mean, I think most people thought he would be a very, very good player. I thought he'd be a star. He's a burgeoning superstar. And then they have a bunch of other talent around them that they've been able to smartly accumulate and build around a head coach and a point guard and a star player and a star center. This was CP3 after the win on TNT.
2: I'm so grateful to my family, my team. A couple years ago, they was writing me off. You can't do this. And this ain't about me. It's about us. Show you what you can do when you come together as a team. We got a great team over there. And it's a lot of, a lot of fun to be a part of it.
6: Listen, Chris Paul, this is, it's the curious thing about the argument. I've never thought, I've, you have never heard me. And I've been doing radio since he was in high school. Right? You've never heard me once. And, and they didn't win at Wake Forest, but he was at Wake Forest. I remember mean, they lost to West Virginia in the second round of the tournament. Right? The, the old question has always been like, man, what if that guy was on one of the big teams? Remember, he was a Laker for like five minutes as part of a blockbuster trade, which David Stern nixed. And maybe we would have had the answer then. And we still don't truly have an answer to, is he a champion? But we do this thing in sports where we determine whether or not your clutch, I guess, based upon what we've seen you do last or what we've seen you do at the biggest moment. The guy doesn't have a turnover in the fourth quarter in the series. He didn't have, didn't have a turnover in the fourth quarter. 19 says no turnovers. Now we can factor in these playing against backups. We can factor in that they were the far better team. That he's finally healthy, that they're healthy, and the teams they're playing against are not. But we can also just say like, hey, you know, I might have had it wrong about Chris Paul. His best Clippers team, he got hurt. His best Rockets team, he got hurt. That is part of sport. That is part of being lucky. And as of now, they are fully healthy, and whoever they play is likely to come off an elongated, brutal, brutal series. And Mike Conley's not healthy. And the Clippers have never been up beyond the second round. But it's always like, you know, I've, I've I, last. Well, this is what happened last week with Stephen A. Smith and talking about how um, uh, Donovan Mitchell's the, the best player in jazz history. Like, no, he's not. John Stockton was. And John Stockton's the best player. Carmelo scored the most points. Those are the two. Donovan Mitchell is rising. He's a very, very good player. But if you just look at, you know, points scored in playoff games, yeah, okay, I guess you can do that. Call me when he gets to two finals. And you say, well, Stockton didn't win a championship. Well, to get to the finals, they beat the Rockets. Stockton hit the big shot. Now, Stockton didn't miss the shot against the Bulls 23 years ago after Jordan made his shot. But like, if you want to say that John Stockton wasn't clutch, you're going to have to give me more ammo than, well, he never won a championship. That does not not make you clutch. Make you not clutch. I don't know. I, I think it's really cool that we're recognizing how special Chris Paul is. And my only point to people is he's been this good for a long time. Everything else has just come together. And knock wood, he
7: appears to be healthy enough.
6: Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. There are things we're going to take away from the pandemic that uh, hopefully stay with us for a long time, right? Like the, do you remember this time last year? Do you remember what we were doing in June? You guys remember what we were doing in June last year? I mean, I know only because I look up my Facebook page, right? And they got the one year, one year ago, you know, most things were shut down. It was a weird time. But there was some great stuff. Like it gave you a chance to, play cards with your kids. Sunday night, you'd gather around and watch a documentary. Granted, it was a Jordan documentary. Not all of it was kid-friendly. But still, you know, there, there are some things you take away from the pandemic. The pandemic has given that ultimate excuse of, hey, we didn't have preseason. The season just got over. Guys are getting hurt. And maybe that's the way we have this litany of injuries in the NBA. Here's Steve Nash after the... The Bucks beat the Nets for the second consecutive game, and a big reason was the injury to Kyrie Irving. Here's Nash.
7: I have no idea, you know, what, what's going to happen with Kyrie in the coming days. We'll cross our fingers and hope that it's better than, better than what? Better than uh, missing the next game. You know, it is tricky with Kev. We, we all got to pitch in. We all got to play together. We got to move the ball. And, and I thought tonight we got a little single-minded, looking for Kevin every time. Puts a little bit too much pressure on him. It makes us a little more predictable, I thought, which puts a lot of burden on him. So we got plenty of guys who have stepped up in absences this year and done very well. And I think we're going to rely on each other to play a team game, move the ball. And of course we're looking for Kevin as much as we can, but within reason without confining ourselves and being predictable.
6: So there's some great points in there, right? In that they've actually, this is, it's weird because the big point we were all trying to make getting ready for the playoffs was this team hadn't, played together with all three superstars, except for what, eight games together. But if anything, that's actually prepared them for this, when you don't have two of them Uh, Durant playing so few games, I think was a, was an issue obviously. And, and they may get James Harden back. We don't know. It didn't sound like he was expecting James Harden to come back from, but do people who think that these injuries are because of the shutdown and the shortened off season and all the attrition last year, when games are played in the bubble, Like, just go back and look and think historically you pick a championship team. And one of the reasons they got what they got was their health and their opponents lack of health. And that's just tried and true. There's just no other way to kind of, you you don't have to sugarcoat it. Guys get hurt. Look at any team or any dynasty and any dynasty that's come to an end. All right. Guys get hurt or guys get old or guys need want more money, but more than anything, Guys get hurt. That's what happened to the Warriors. Do do we think the Raptors win the NBA finals if Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson and Kevon Looney are are healthy? Of course not. It's not even a close series. But they weren't. And look what happened. They won.
7: They won. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
4: Former Nebraska quarterback Luke McCaffrey, who initially transferred to Louisville, will now play at Rice. Doug, back to you. That's like one of the weird ones of
6: all time, right? Like yeah. Was, now, his, now, where is where is his brother? Where is Dylan McCaffrey? Because remember, Dylan was um, he, Michigan, right? He, he was, yeah, he was supposed to be the next guy at Michigan, and then he transferred out. So uh, I I thought that was. You know that was
4: pretty interesting too, right? He 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 went to Northern Colorado. Yeah, I I, I did a search. I did not know it off the top of my head. I I, I didn't
6: either. I had to do a search as well. Yeah, but I'm interesting because you know his his mom. The mom, I think, was a world class was an was a great athlete as well. I'm going to say Stanford, and the dad obviously was a tremendous wide receiver um, uh, in the in the National Football League. And uh, they, you know, Christian has been amazing but you you carry the name of McCaffrey and there were such expectations at the University of Michigan for Dylan. He was supposed to be ultimately the guy and it just never kind of came to be. Never came to be. Anyway. All right, Mr. Michael Lee joins us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Before this year, if I were to ask you, if I were to Twitter search... Michael Lee's tweets about chris Paul, what would your how would you have described Chris Paul as a player?
2: Oh man, he found it off my tweets. I would have just thought about him being one of the most efficient um passionate competitive feisty uh borderline nasty players out there um a, a guy who's a winner despite the fact that he hasn't had playoff success.
6: Right. That's the hard part for people to understand. Like you can be a winner and not have actually won. And you're like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. You can be, you can be a winner and not have actually, actually won. How would you, but explain that to somebody. Go, Go ahead.
2: He's a winner because there's never been a team that he's been on that hasn't been better by his presence. And you can go by every situation that he's ever been in. People forget the Clippers are an organization that's never had any success. But they made the playoffs every season that Chris Paul was there. That's rare. No one else can say that they played that many seasons for the Clippers and led that team to the playoffs every year. And they were considered the title contender for much of that time. Um, and then he goes to Oklahoma City at a time when everyone is anticipating that it's gonna be a rebuild and they make it to the playoffs. You know? And then when he goes to the Suns, they go from a team that missed the playoffs. To becoming a team that is the number two seed and now in the conference finals, so you look at his track record from an uh, you know a team in New Orleans that had just moved there to becoming successful right away with him there to just the clippers. his whole track record is a man who wherever he goes, that team has success. Now, in the playoffs, he's had a lot of bad luck from guys getting injury to himself getting injured, but he's always on teams that are competitive. And mainly because of his will and his desire to make sure that no one else on the team fails
6: in your mind, forget about what you're hearing on TV. Just, just you, just Michael Lee, in your mind, does Jokic's team getting swept out of the playoffs diminish from his MVP
2: award? No, to me, it actually enhanced this argument to me. I think when you look at what he was able to do throughout the course of the season, playing all 72 games and leading that team to the third seed in the Western conference, um I think that <laughs> that was a pretty bold statement about what he was doing and what he was carrying, especially after Jamal Murray got hurt. Um I think that every night that he was out there on the floor, he was their best player by far. And even though they lost the games, I still thought he was the best player on the court. Um the uh game three, he had thirty two, twenty and ten and DeAndre Ayton, who's playing with Chris Paul, is like, yeah, that's the MVP. <laughs> so I think that everyone who plays Jokic understands his value, but I think a lot of people who don't understand the game, understand his skill set, understand just how intelligent he is, just the passes that he makes, um, just his ability to take advantage of uh, mismatches. Um, he's just hes a really incredible player to watch, and I think you have to really be a fan of the game and appreciate the game. And not just wait for just a Kobe moment or a MJ moment that we all can agree is pretty impressive, but just actually just watch a guy back a guy down, find open shooters, and do everything else that needs to be done to, to be a winner. He does all of that, and um, I, I just felt that. Also, last night he had he had twenty two points when he got kicked out of the game. Yeah, he was their leading scorer up until the very end when Will Barton went crazy. So he still, even though he didn't play, but two and a half quarters was doing a lot of heavy lifting to keep them competing. So I thought it actually enhanced his argument more than diminished
6: it. I um, Obviously your your kid, your baby's a, a big fan. I mean, we, we yes. Didn't, yes. He's hanging
2: out. He's excited. Yeah. He agreed. Yes, with yes. yes,
6: yes. 23 years ago, Jordan hit the shot. Where were you?
2: 23. I was at home uh, watching it on TV and uh, upset.
6: Wait, you were a jazz fan?
2: I was not a jazz fan. I just... I was just, you know, I wasn't a Jordan fan. And I I just, I was not a Jordan fan when when he was winning all the times with the Bulls. I I think I was more bored by the fact that the Bulls kept winning and that there never was going to be anybody that could compete with them. And for me, that upset me because it just took all the mystery out of just the game because he just kind of ruined the fact that there could be any suspense. He was always going to win. So I think that's what made it upsetting.
6: Yeah, that, that 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 make that makes that makes sense. I don't know. I never. Now, part of it was I grew up in Southern California. and I was kind of that way with the Lakers. I was like a Celtics fan because everybody loved the Lakers. Everybody loved okay. the Lakers in the eighties.
2: And plus, um, I was a, I'm a Magic. I'm a Magic guy too. So I felt that every time Jordan won, that people would try to dis, dismiss Magic as being, the, you know, the man.
6: It is weird so. how they they the people have like, and maybe it's Magic's done it to himself. I think Magic, because of how he was on TV, and how he was as a GM, but also, you know, magic in his own magic way saying, Kobe's the greatest Laker ever. Like, no, he's not yeah, like yeah. mad Like, come on. Um, yeah, no, I, right.
2: I, I was like, I know magic. I know you're saying what's cool and what's going to be accepted and you want everybody to like you, but you don't have to lie, man. You, you can, you can talk about yourself. You you can brag a little bit. We, we know nine finals in 12 seasons, man.
6: <laughs> I mean, I it was, I mean, he was, he was, he was, <laughs> he was, he was simply, simply amazing. Um, I think we all worried that the Nets would get hurt, but it's weird. I think most people thought it'd be Durant, not Kyrie. Um, Although Kyrie's been hurt a lot in his career. uh, What what are your thoughts on whether or not they got enough to get out of this round to get everybody healthy again?
2: You know, the thing about the playoffs uh, is that you can't give away games. You can't let games slide because they can all come back to bite you in ways that you don't imagine. Um, If they win game three... If Bruce Brown doesn't go, um, you know, hero (laughs) and just says, I'm going to be the one to save us tonight and stop giving the ball to KB in the last minute and a half, um, if they win that game, they're up 3-0, right? And that means if they lose game four, they have three shots to get one win. Now they have to get two wins out of three tries without possibly James Harden and Kyrie Irving. That's going to be tough against a team that's now confident that now believes they can beat them, probably go to New York and we're in Brooklyn, um, so it's going to be tough. Um, I think it just that like whenever you have a chance to put a team away, whenever you have a chance to bury them, you got to bury them. You can't just just be like, oh yeah, we let one slip away. Nah, because you can let one slip away and then let your whole title hope slip away along with it. And I think that's what they're in danger of doing. If they had won Game Three, if they had just closed out um, in a game that you know they probably have not been any business anyway, but the Bucks were leaving it there on the table for them to grab. And they just said they didn't take it. And now they're in a position where um, it's going to be a really daunting task. And I don't know if they have the confidence to get it done um, because they've been depending on guys to step up and play big roles, uh, bigger roles than they anticipated throughout the whole season. Um, but at some point, who they really are comes to light. And, you know, <laughs> you still need your stars to win this time of year. And Milwaukee has their guys healthy and they're rolling. So... um, it's it's tricky because after after it was up two zero, everybody was ready to you know pull out the brooms, and now we're just like you know preparing eulogies for for the nets. That's that's the beauty of the playoffs because things can change in a snap of a finger.
6: All right, now let's get to the Clippers. Uh, Donovan Mitchell rolls his ankle. They get beat twice in Utah. Oh, here we go again, down zero two. What do you think of where the Clippers are as of now?
2: The Clippers are just funny. Um, because they're a team that I never know when I'm supposed to trust them. I just let them win the game and then say, okay, all, all right. But at the minute I start believing in them, the minute I start thinking that they're for real, they just start laying eggs left and right. <laughs> so I just think they're a team that, you know, when they're up against the wall, um, they usually uh, play their best. Um, but Utah a dangerous team to do this dance with. I think they could have done it. They could do it against Dallas because they were the better team. But I'm not sure that they're a better team. Um, but like you said, it depends on how Donovan, what Donovan Mitchell's going to be like if he's able to come back. If he's not going to be what he was the first two games, I think the Clippers can, you know, make their way to the conference finals. But if Donovan Mitchell's okay and he just tweaked it and he'll, he'll be able to come back and be himself, then it's going to be tough, you know, because they got to win you know, three of the next four, um, you know, against a team that's been rolling all year and to me is the better team. They are the better team, but they aren't the better team without Donovan Mitchell. So he's the whole series.
6: Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's really, it's, it's really, really interesting. And then to watch Kawhi and, uh, you know, when he takes over, you're like, well, why don't you just do that all the time? Um, I also think that the, that, that although it seems to take him a game and a half to do so, Ty ability to evaluate a series and find the right adjustments uh, is, is pretty interesting and pretty telling about how he's been able to be as well-regarded a coach as he has, you know, in not coaching. It's not like, not like he's coached for 30 years, but that that seems to be his greatest strength is reading the series and understanding what adjustments to make.
2: Yeah. He's been doing it, you know, for as long as he's been a coach. And I think that you, know, you see it a lot of times where coaches have their system, they have their schemes and they're so rigid and they're stuck in their ways and it winds up costing them. Um, last year, um Doc Rivers was committed to playing Mondre SRL, you know, at the cert- at certain minutes at certain marks in the game. <laughs> Denver used that marker as the point where they were gonna go on their big run to come back. But Doc kept putting Montreal out there even though Jokic was killing him. At some point you gotta adjust and say, This isn't working. Um and I think that's sort of why Ty got the job is because he's going to be flexible. He's going to see what's working and then say, you know what, that's not working and I'm not even going to try it again. Um, a lot of coaches aren't willing to do that. And, I don't, and like, I'm glad you brought it up because I don't think a lot of people give Ty his credit for being that flexible.
6: No, no, they, they, too, they don't. They, many, they, he many. won the title. Remember, he didn't win the title. LeBron won the title. Like, well, hold on now. Yeah. Hold on now. They changed him. They, 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 there was an injury there with Bogut. There was a suspension. But there was a lot of adjust personnel adjustments that that were made by the head coach. And that was different. And like, look, if you watch the first series, they they stopped playing Pat, Pat Beverly. And then you, know, you dust off a shooter who hasn't, you know, who everybody in in, uh, in Luke who Luke- hadn't played in. People thought he couldn't play, but they found the right role and the right guys and the right, you know, the right uh, rotations, and it's worked. I absolutely believe that he's shown himself to be one of the elite coaches in what he's been able to do.
2: Yeah, and I think a part of it is because he, I think he keeps an off home in Vegas, so he's he got a little bit of a gambler in him. He, he's not afraid to, to risk it out there.
6: There's also some tax benefits to it. Mr. Michael Lee joining us on the Doug <laughs> Gottlieb Show. here on Fox Sports Radio. I'll tell you, I I think the coolest thing of this deal is LeBron watching the games and commenting on them. Like, it's a, like, a, even when Kyrie went down, how he's, he's like, devil, At least, and I know it's Twitter, doesn't mean it's totally real, right? But the idea that you have a star who, you do think of in the past a guy would lose, he'd be bitter, he'd shut it off, he'd go on vacation in the Bahamas and he's watching I think that's a cool thing that's happened.
2: It, it, it could be, but he also could also take away the attention from the guys who are out there competing if you look at it the other way.
6: That's a great point. I didn't think of that. Think of that. <laughs> but and, and, and
2: he also he also has a lot to promote because if you if you watch the games, there's about there's a there's like a, a LeBron commercial every hour.
6: Yes. Yes, there's certain Peyton Manning. There's certain Peyton Manning. Like I get it, he's a spokesperson for, for every, every single product. Mountain
2: Dew. you got him doing the salsa dance. You got the Space Jam. You know, everything. You, you, even though he's not playing, you're still getting your fill of LeBron. No question.
6: So. No no question. <laughs> uh, all right, call it Clippers or uh, Utah. Oh
2: man, I'm, I'm gonna say Clippers, and then feel like an idiot after you know Game Four. But I, I'll go Clippers.
6: You got any idea which of these nets are going to be healthy? Uh,
2: I don't know. Um, I think that being at home will help them uh, no matter who's healthy. Um, I think that being at home will, will give them a big boost. I think that they got to figure out a way to get Katie open and then free him up and not just let Bruce, I mean, PJ Tucker get away with just you know beating him up and harassing him the whole time. They got to find a way to free him up so he's not working so hard uh, for his shots. Um, I think that, you know the, lead, the the refs basically said, "Hey, we're gonna let you, him be physical with you, and we'll see what you can do to to um, rebound." And he couldn't he couldn't really handle it uh, the physical play from PJ. But they, they, the Nets have to help him. They got to help him find a way to to make it a little bit easier, so he's not working so hard. Yeah, and I think I, the minute it starts getting easier for him, then I think that uh, the other the other role players will, will have more confidence. I think there are a lot of times they were just like giving the ball to Katie and say, "Save us." And I think it should have been the other way around. Like, let's try to help it make it easier for KD.
6: I think it's a little both. I also think that he needs to take PJ Tucker away from the basket, right? Like, to get, like, when you, you post up, he's just too strong and they're letting him get away with too much. I think the officiating has to tighten up and I think it will. Um, and then I think they, yes, the other guys have to be able to make plays and not put all of the, all of the weight on him. We haven't talked about the 76ers. I got to mm. tell you, I'm impressed. I'm impressed with Ben Simmons and what he's been able to do with Trey Young.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, you put some size on him. He's almost a foot taller, <laughs> um, and he's got the athleticism to keep up. I mean, that's tough for anybody to contend with. And I think that it's also given him, uh, you know, a lot of taking a lot of pressure off of him from having to score, because you know his responsibility is just to lock down Trey Young. Uh, so it's worked in their favor. But I think in in the sense that it's also helped him because he had 15 points in the last game because he was freer. You know, um, he's getting turnovers. He's forcing turnovers. He's getting out on the break. He's doing a lot of things and then when you score, that makes you want to defend even more. So I think it worked out because he has a he has an assignment. He has a role. And if you watch the game, you know exactly what Ben Simmons is supposed to do out there. Um if he's if he's got to say, I'm I'm gonna shut down Trey and he's focused on that for the whole game, that just frees everything up for everybody else and, and, and everybody else can just be loose and, and have fun. And I think that's that's what you've been seeing from the Sixers the last two games, is that Ben's taking the taking the hard assignment and now you know, to reply as Harris can just do his thing. And, you know, Joel Embiid's going to give you buckets.
6: Great stuff as always. Really appreciate you joining us. And uh, your kid's okay, right? Like I heard your kid babbling the, the the first five minutes and now he's gone away. Like he didn't, we, we, well, we didn't. Uh, we, you know,
2: he had, he had some things he wanted to share. You know, he wanted everybody to know that uh, he agreed with me on Jokic. I, I like that.
6: I like that a lot. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you guys be well. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us. All right. Thank you. Take care. Michael Lee. Follow him on uh, social media at Mr. Michael Lee. Read his work in the
7: Washington Post. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
5: terms and conditions apply
6: Doug Gottlieb show Fox Sports Radio um I did watch a little Sunday Night Baseball last night Cubs and Cardinals was fun Craig Kimbrell shutting it down and it's interesting you know Craig Kimbrell so much older now and obviously the long hair and the beard and whatever but he gets in that stance before when he stares down at home plate like oh yeah Craig Kimbrel, Cubs 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 let's get to Dan Byer and
7: play a game <laughs> This is game time
4: It's game time.
7: on the Doug Gottlieb show
6: is Dan Byers razor older than you are. We'll get Dan Byer a new close shave for father's day. Or I mean, any dad Dan's a new dad. Um, a DSC six blade razor is perfect for that extra close, precise shave. Now they also had the four blader for, if you're like me, where you're like lazy, you don't shave every day. You're like Ech. every day, but six or four doesn't matter. You can buy them in stores. Um, Or get a gift set. Go to dollarshaveclub.com slash Doug. dollarshaveclub.com slash Doug. What's the game, Dan? Doug, the
4: game today is... Big deal, little deal, no deal. All right, big deal, little deal, or no deal that Nikola Jokic got a flagrant two-foul and was ejected from last night's game four against Phoenix for that foul on Cameron Payne. Um, Hard one to tell. I
6: kind of think... Little deal. I mean, I know it seems like this gigantic thing that happened. Like, I can't believe you threw him out. But then you're like, did you watch the play? Like, he wound up and <laughs> smacked him.
4: Like, I don't, Doug, I don't know what to tell you otherwise. I, I don't want to, you know, I, I've never played anything professionally, never played it collegiately. But I did play competitive basketball at one point in my life with youth basketball in high school. And that foul is a foul that I've seen a lot more, like in those sort of things, when some kid is just mad and can't control his temper. Yes, I just all of the stuff of how can you eject him? I I, I swear it had to come from nobody who's ever even played a basketball game before. You have to kick him out also because it's a three o game. It's in the third quarter. You let that go. What else is going to happen? Yeah, to the that, that that's Suns? the that's I mean, the problem. Is yeah, it, is it escalates, right? It just es- escalates everything. Yeah, it was a no-brainer to me. Uh, Big deal, little deal, or no deal, that Mike D'Antoni is going to interview for the Blazers head coaching job.
6: Um, I think it's a big deal, right? Like, we're trying to find somebody that's going to coach Damian Lillard. It's got to be somebody, I I believe, it's got to be somebody who's done it before. Um, And even though D'Antoni hasn't won a championship, his teams have been competitive and reasonably successful in the regular season and some in the postseason. And you would think he
4: plays a style that would suit Damian Lillard. I think it's a big deal. All right, big deal, little deal, or no deal? Bet online has the Bucks as the favorite to win their series against the Nets, but the Nets still the favorite to win the NBA title. Is that a big deal, little deal, or no deal?
6: Oh, but Bucks Nets. Um, wait, so the Bucks are favorites to win the series, but the Nets are still favorite to win the title?
4: Yes, yes. The Nets have better odds than Milwaukee to win the title, but in the series, Milwaukee is now the favorite. Well, wow, definitely. Maybe, I mean, it just it'd
6: be, it's smart. It's smart money to go put money down on. Uh, to put money on the on the nets right now, even if you don't
4: know who's healthy. You know, if they're if they're healthy, they're better. Big deal, little deal or no deal, that Jaguars rookie quarterback Trevor Lawrence is missing more practice time today and likely tomorrow because of a hamstring strain.
6: Uh, oh, that's a good question.
4: Urban Meyer said if it was a game, Lawrence would likely play, but it so also felt was a like, little tug. Yeah. Just a little tug, a little tuggy, tug, tug. It is, you know, mini camp. You're got to guys guy yeah, who's got to learn the system. and It's no deal. All right. No big, deal. Big deal, little deal, or no deal that Le'Veon Bell said he'd rather retire than play for Andy Reid again.
6: Well, seeing as he's the only guy to ever say that, right? <laughs> you know, it's like, huh, Le'Veon Bell wore out his welcome in Pittsburgh with the Jets and now with Kansas City. Andy Reid is basically beloved by anybody who played for him, and many guys who played against him. I think that's a no deal.
4: Big deal, little deal, or no deal? That Blue Jays first baseman Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is leading all players in the first phase of voting for the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. Um, well, it was big deal, little deal, or no deal that he's leading? Yes, he is the he's the overall leader right now.
6: That feels like a big deal only because I would there's, I mean Fernando Tatis would be the guy that if I had to vote for one person, that's the guy.
4: Yes, and uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., by the way, is the leader uh, in the National League. Finally, Doug, big deal, little deal, or no deal. It is U.S. Open week, but there's a completely different story out there. Uh, Reportedly, there was a fight at a Monday qualifier today on the Corn Ferry Tour in Kansas with one player arrested after punching another player. Is that a big deal, little deal, or no deal? That's an awesome deal. I want <laughs> video of it immediately. Oh, man, man. There there are reports uh, that it may have been uh, a disagreement over uh, helping a slow player look for a ball, and then the words were exchanged and whatnot. But, ah, uh, yes, U.S. Open Week should be fun. And that's game time. <laughs>
7: That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show.
6: Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I just like, and I know it's competitive golf. It's U.S. Open week. It's it's, but generally, like golf is supposed to be the place that you have the most relaxing time. That's a chance to get away. And that's obviously not the case there. Uh, who would be your fav-
4: favorite, Dan, heading into the U.S. Open? Um. Probably, you know, Xander Shoffley's going to have a lot of pressure on him, but I think that he would be a name. He's a local boy, obviously knows the course and has fared well. I also think Colin Morikawa has a really good chance uh, to do well at Tory.
6: Yeah, that would, be a, that would be bad for the, for the golfing world, right? Like, Tory needs Phil to play well. Torrey, that would be amazing. Right? I mean, that's, they don't need him to win. They need him to hang around. They, the U.S. Open in Torrey Pines. Which, by the way, if you need any course knowledge, have anybody called you? They haven't called me. No, we, we won the Pro-Am a couple years ago. None of these moocs have called us. All these professional golfers are just too prideful to, to give us a, a ringy-ding-dingy.
7: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.